and I am statements of Jesus. Uh, we'll look this morning at John chapter 10. Look at verses 1 through 10. And in this passage, uh, Jesus says, I am the door. Let me pray and then we'll read the text. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy shown to us, giving us minds and hearts um, to believe the gospel. Your gracious gift to us that uh, we are actually your treasure, redeemed by the blood of Christ. Um, Help us this morning um, to see the grandeur of our Savior as he refers to himself as the door, the door of the sheepfold. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Verse 1, chapter 10, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep my name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Amen. Um, Again, the I am statements of Jesus uh, made during his earthly ministry um, equates uh, with the Old Testament language for God, for Yahweh. And so when Jesus here says, I am, followed by an object or thing, um, there's two things uh, that he's saying to us. Number one, he's claiming for himself the authority and personality of God. And secondly, he says, I'm going to give you something that only God can give. Every I am statement is what we see. Um, Jesus here in John 10 uses two agrarian terms, two agrarian images, two... um, agricultural or or farming images, um, that of um, a good shepherd and the door to the sheepfold. Um, Two images that kind of go hand in hand, but it's important that we make a uh, distinction between the two. So we'll do the door this week, and next week we'll look at good shepherd. So here then, um, after the light of the world... Opened the eyes of the man born blind in John chapter 9. Uh, the former blind man um, found himself arguing with the religious leaders and then was excommunicated by those leaders from the synagogue. We see that in chapter 9, verses 13 to 34. And then when Jesus found him, remember that the man worshiped him. He worshiped the Lord. And that was in stark contrast to the Pharisees' response who um, trusted in their own twisted insights as far as God's ways go. And Jesus um, addressed them directly 
I'm referring to them as, as being blind. So their failure, these, these false shepherds, um, prompted the true shepherd, Jesus, here um, um, to discuss shepherding. He says, I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. We see that in verse 7 and verse 11. And he begins this good shepherd discourse with the double truly, truly, verse 1, or most assuredly I say to you, which informs us that the audience he's addressing remains the same. It's the Pharisees, chapter 9. And remember, they accused Jesus of breaking the law for you know, making mud on the Sabbath. There was no law against making mud on the Sabbath. <laughs> so although they could not deny the miracle of this man born blind, um, they cast the formerly blind man um, out of all religious affiliation, um, put him out of the synagogue, and uh, w- with, without transition, after indicting these religious leaders as spiritual blind men, um, he, he continues with this beautiful picture um, of, of shepherds, of, of, of a pasture, um, of abundant life, and uh, this morning as we look as the door to that sheepfold. So those who were supposed to be uh, the the shepherds of Israel, um, when this little wounded sheep, um, born blind, was healed, became jealous and and outraged against Jesus, the true shepherd, the man who healed him. Jesus goes on to say, these are not shepherds. They're thieves and they're robbers. They have... No concern at all for the, for the well-being of the sheep, but only their own status, their reputation. Obviously, we, we, I think we looked at last week where Jesus referred to them as you know, blind guides of the blind and whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. So here, uh, the illustration Jesus draws in verses 1 through 5 uh, is a contrast between true shepherds and thieves and robbers. They climb up another way. In verse 6, tells us the people didn't understand. They climb up another way, verse 1. That man's a thief and a robber. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. Verse 3, the sheep hear his voice. He calls. He leads. A stranger, they will not follow. Verse 6, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, they did not understand what he was saying to them. So then Jesus changes the metaphor. And in this passage, the focus is the door. The door of the sheep. Verse 7, so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now, Uh, Two folds are being referred to here in in chapter 10. Uh, The first is a community fold, and then the second is a countryside fold. Um, Community folds in this day were were large enough to house numerous flocks. So in the community fold, you had um, several flocks. Um, It was protected by a doorkeeper, a, a hired hand. And the other was a shepherd's fold that held one flock, the shepherd's flock, and it was protected by the shepherd himself. 
So the shepherd would come to the community fold, call out his own, and sheep know the voice of their master, so they follow him out. He leads them out to a hillside to, to graze, that's the idea, throughout the day, and then in early evening, he leads them into a fold where, where he himself protects them and watches over them. And this is a place built by him and reserved for his own flock. So Jesus, his use here of shepherd, door, and sheep, um, draws an analogy um, referring directly to people. Notice verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And will go out, he will go in and out and find pasture. So as the door, he is the only accessible way to the Father, that is, entry into the presence of Almighty God. That's the picture. And of course, we're reminded in John chapter 14 where Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the door. So it's through this door that he saves us from our guilt. Okay, this, is, this is the teaching. This is what it all leads to. Um, from our moral inconsistency, guilt, moral inconsistency, and from the penalty due for that inconsistency, for that sin. And ultimately, we're saved from death itself. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the eternal one. Um, this is God who is with us, breaks into the temporal and declares, I'm the door. I'm the door. And he, he uses basic, common uh, metaphors of the day for which the people would understand. When they didn't understand, he makes it easy to understand. Door. I think I walked through eight doors this morning <laughs> altogether. Now, he's not a window through which we peer, stepping up you know, on our tippy toes to, 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 to look in, to get, get, get a glimpse of his splendor and his glory, and then shrink back down and walk away. He's, he's not a wall or, or, a, or a tower with an archer on top keeping us away. It's what he's not. In, in Genesis 3, after the fall, we're walled off from paradise. Amen? We're walled off. God sets an angel there with a sword. Reentry equals death. So Jesus comes... In due time, um, here refers to himself as the door with an invitation to relationship, with an invitation of re-entry. Okay, so it's very important to understand um, a door is not a place, but it connects two places. It's a mediating object. So he connects the chaotic fallen world of rebellion with the peaceful, compliant world of God. He's that door. He is the way you pass from one to the other. And notice Jesus said, I am the door, not one of many doors. I'm the door. He refers to himself as a singular door, singular entry. This is the reason Christianity is shunned. It is not an inclusive religion. It's 
It's opposed. It's, it's referred to as being offensive because of its striking singularity. The sum and substance salvation is Jesus who is the door. It's hard to hear if you're unregenerate. There's no rabbi, philosopher, teacher, or sage who can provide this entry. No one. Because what Jesus provides as the door is what no philosopher or sage can provide, and that's atonement. At one mint with our Creator. So regardless of how sincere someone may be in giving their life for you, whether it's in combat or you're walking across the street and you're standing in front of an oncoming bus and they push you out of the way and they give their life for yours, that's nice, but they can't take away your guilt. Only he can. I am the door. So if you have an innocent, righteous substitute who who imputes his righteousness to you, where your sin is imputed to him, then you have a mediator between you and God, a door, entry. The only one. Access to and approval of the only righteous and true God. I am the door. So then Jesus is the the, the singular door to the fold. Jesus said, I am the door, not one of many. Therefore, every other way is illicit. Every other door is illegal. It's unlawful because you must scale the wall. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, there are other doors in life that that promise abundant life. Fair to say? Problem is they can't deliver in the end. Now, since since God has put eternity in man's heart, Ecclesiastes 3.11... God has put eternity into the heart of man. People, therefore, naturally speculate um, how to get there. They might suppress it. They, 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 They might ignore it, but it's there. Regardless of what they say, it's there. Eternity is in is is put into the heart of man by God Himself. Therefore, many um, try to fabricate um, their own doors, their own way um, of entry. So let's consider a couple popular doors. Um, One one door um, has a, a placard engraved, stuck to the door, and it says, Enter here by way of your own virtue. Enter by way of your own good deeds. And so long as your, your goodness outweighs your badness, so, so long as the ledger um, has the G category um, surpassing the B category, um, you'll be met with a certain level of benevolence. 
and therefore able to enter when you take your last breath. But when that door is opened, um, that which is on the other side of it is not a pasture. It's a mountain. A mountain like Sinai. It's thundering, and, and, and there's lightning, and there's smoke. No one can climb it. You even get close to it, you die. Remember Sinai? Let no one come even near the foot of the mountain, not even any beast. Any contact, you'll be wiped out. Now, these are the people who all their lives, they refused God, who's holy, holy, holy. And as a result, they spend their energy rejecting the glorious splendor and, and sacred character of God and all of its brilliance. They refuse him. And they enter to hell. Because they refuse the door. And you know, left to ourselves, we always lower the market, do we not? Always. We, we drop the standard. We'll say, you know, I'm not as virtuous as, um, you know, grandma. I'm not as virtuous as her. But, you know, most certainly, um, I'm more virtuous than many. As a matter of fact, more virtuous than most. I am a good person. And they consider that God grades on a curve. But God's virtue is the measuring stick. All of sin falls short of the glory of God. Sinless perfection, holy sinless for perfection is the, is the measuring rod. So there's no hope behind the door of virtue. The other door that's popular um, is the door of religion. And uh, there's a placard on the front of that door. It says, enter here, perform your rituals. Okay, Dwell on your own ideas. Pray to your favorite dead person or, or Mary. Here you can relativize your God through this door. That's the other popular door. And on the other side of that door is, is not a pasture that you can go in and out of, but the, the other side of that door is a vanity desk okay, with a mirror. And there's an index file of do's and don'ts. This stuff you can do, this stuff you can't do. Um, you, you, you have to practice this ritual and this ritual. And as you do, you can look into the mirror and justify yourself for being religiously upright. So despite all their claims, the, the object of affection is not God. It's what they do. It's what they practice. And they sit and they stare at themselves after they practice their religious activity. In other words, no one enters into heaven through mere church membership, baptism, ceremony, you don't get there this way. There's no entrance by way of proxy. Being, being close to someone who's at the right door. No entry. You don't enter by reciting a prayer. You, you, you don't enter by participating in communion. So no one will be saved because they simply gather near the door. They come to church. They're near the door. They're close. 
You, you don't get in that way. You don't get in by conversing with others. We're at the right door. So true faith here has at center a foreign object, and the foreign object is Jesus Christ, the mediator, access to the Father. I am the door. So you, you want virtue? Virtue is in Christ, not the man or woman in the mirror who practices this and that and appears to be this, that, and the other. And they look at themselves and go, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <sighs> now, when, when, when announcing truth of this singular door, even professing Christians in our day declare hope of eternal life apart from explicit faith in the door, Jesus Christ. Listen to this. According to one survey by George Barna, 35% of America's evangelical seminary students agreed with this statement, quote, God will save all good people when they die, regardless of whether they've trusted in Christ. And they think that that's a humble statement. That's not a sign of humility. That's a... That statement outright denies the life-giving message of the gospel. There's no good news in that. That's a lie from the pit. I am the door. So that, that's not only a statement that the Pharisees choked on, and they did. It's a statement today that couldn't be more politically incorrect. The kingdom of God is not all-inclusive? No, it's not. It's exclusive. The door. Jesus. And that sheepfold doesn't have numerous doors. There's one door, one way. There's one mediator between God and man. That's the God-man Christ Jesus. So the flock of God has one shepherd, amen? Not numerous shepherd, one shepherd. And is it like an under-shepherd? Any preacher is always going to point to the one true shepherd. A spirit-filled church is one that preaches not the Holy Spirit, but preaches Christ. That's a spirit-filled church. Preaches Christ. And that is an absolute insult to human pride, that Jesus is the exclusive way, the only door. Pluralistic society in which we live and hates that. Now, in our day, there's no shame. Um, there's no offense if you say, I'm a spiritual person. You hear people say that? They say, oh, I, you're, so what do you believe? Well, I'm a Christian, you have the gospel. Oh, I'm spiritual. Yeah, you're spiritual, all right. Everybody's spiritual. But when you say there's one way to the spiritual person, you understand their spirituality is dark. Sometimes they go on the tack. Attack. So contemplating your spirituality doesn't get you through the door. 
contemplating nature doesn't get you through the door. God is in everything. God's in all of us. No, he's not. Contemplating your navel doesn't get you there. Seeking some good within yourself. There is no good in yourself. The gospel's not in you. It comes down to us. It's foreign from us. So, pluralistic protest says, who do Christians think they are? Telling Buddhists and Muslims and Jews and anyone else that they're not going to heaven. Well, when we're confronted by these types of questions, uh, we do not need to appeal to our own opinion. Amen? We proclaim Christ, the one who said, I'm the door. You know, when people say, you're telling me, you're telling me that Jesus is, a, is the only way. He says, I'm not telling you that. He said, he said that. He declared that. I'm repeating that. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So notice, Christ calls the sinner out of the common fold of, of this life, the common fold of humanity, and into his fold. And those who are his hear his voice, and they follow. They will not follow a false shepherd. And he leads them to where they will find pasture, provision, and rest. Eternal security because of their shepherd, who is the door to the sheepfold. Eternal rest. And then he sends us back out again. They go in and they go out. What did Jesus say to his disciples? I'm sending you out as sheep among Wolves. And notice entry through this door results in, verse 10, abundant life. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly is but beyond necessity. A great surplus, above measure. So being in Christ, there's nothing more that you need to live abundantly. Speak, we're speaking here spiritually. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says this, The Father has blessed us in Christ, in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 2.18, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Now, when we talk about abundant life, abundant life um, has with it here a long view, an eternal view. It has, and as I said a few weeks ago, it, it has more to do with longevity and permanence than, than it does with, with the here and now. Now, certainly abundance rushes into this life, amen? It does overflow. But he doesn't mean it's, it's just here now. So the first thing that abundant life necessitates is a transformation of all of life, which is regeneration. 
regeneration, the gift of God. Lest a man be born from above, he will not see the kingdom. And then Paul reminds us, okay, because we're regenerate, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We have access to the Father through Christ, the door. Paul reminds us, if in Christ we hope in this life only, that abundant life is, is only here in this present life, if that's all, then we of all people are most to be pitied. Pity. So abundant life is a transcendent life, the kind of life that occurs in its fullest sense only once you go through the door. The other side of the door. It rushes into and leaks into this life now, amen? We can all attest to that. But in the fullest sense, it's only experienced through the door on the other side. Why? Because God is not content simply to forgive us of our sins. Now that's a lot, amen? But that's not our full and final destiny. Contentment, if, if you want to use that term, contentment for, for Almighty God will not be met until he raises your body from the grave, glorified, just like his, because we're in Christ. We've entered through the door, abundant life, fully experienced on the other side of the door. See, see a, lot, a, lot, a lot of Christians try to, they try to fake it, not understanding abundant life. So, you know, everything's chipper and gleeful and they never have any troubles or problems or they try to hide their, their struggles and, and all this type of thing. Oh, I'm living abundant life, brother. And then they get into weird teachings about the gifts. You know, now they have supernatural power. You know, they're, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Right. So notice abundant life in Christ um, the, the door of the fold, we, we see in contrast to, to thieves, liars, robbers, and murderers. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus, of course, is speaking about spiritual thieves who, who come to take from and, and fleece the flock. Back in verse 1, notice Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheep fold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Two different words, thief and robber. Kleptes is the first one where we get our word um, kleptomaniac. He comes to steal. And, and the other one, robber, is one who uses violence. to get his coveted goods. So in, in a, in a uh, shepherd sense, or a false shepherd sense, when you think about sheep in, a pract in the practical sense, um, they provided uh, wool, milk, cheese, and meat, if you want to eat. So thieves and robbers would steal from uh, the, the, the flock. They would scale the wall. If the doorkeeper, the hired hand, the hireling fell asleep, they'd scale the wall, they'd, they'd tie up sheep and pull them over the wall. 
Some would slaughter the sheep and then pull it over the wall if they wanted to use it for meat. If they wanted it for wool or milk, they'd you know, remain alive and they'd steal it. They'd take it away or they'd slaughter it. Verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus, the door, came by way of the door. He, he came the right way. He came the legal way. He came the legitimate way, according to the scriptures. According to prophecy, he came in under the law. Galatians 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. And he came to fulfill the law. He came through the door. Thieves and robbers climb another way. Another way, false teachers are constantly pointing to other doors, two of which I referred to earlier, the most popular of our day. They, they attempt to woo. They attempt to, to direct, misdirect. They attempt to fool people, to trick people. They lie to people. And those who are misled pound on those doors until their knuckles bleed, and they never, ever enter into the one true way. They're deceived, misled, slaughtered, ripped off, deceived. Sheep are dumb, right? We'll look at that next week. Sheep are stupid. That's why we're referred to as sheep. We're dumb. Left to ourselves, we are crazy, crazy stupid. Growing up, my... Yeah, yeah, you know, I would try to say to my folks when I wanted to go do something, you know, I want to go to such and such a place. Well, you're not going to such and such a place. Well, so-and-so is going to such and such a place. Well, if so-and-so jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff? <laughs> Probably. That's what sheep do. If one jumps off, they all jump off. I think I told a story, I read this years ago. Some real shepherds of our day, this is over in Istanbul, um, a couple shepherds are having lunch together, and one sheep strays off, goes off a cliff, and all of a sudden they're just following, following sheep off the cliff. And some of them survived because they were cushioned by the others. <laughs> they pound on the wrong door all their lives, deceived, blinded. So, to conclude... Uh, religious rituals are not the door. Good works are not the door. Up, upright lives are not the door. None of, the, none of those things. Divorced from faith in Christ, Christ himself, are of any advantage whatsoever. People tell me, as I said earlier, but I'm a good person. Response, to whom are you comparing yourself with? What's the standard? So, I am the door. We don't sit and stare at the door. Amen? We don't sit and admire the door, merely admire the door. We don't sit and simply study about the door. Nor do we gather to endlessly debate about the door. 
you must enter through the door. Jesus Christ. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved from destruction. God's wrath. You're saved from God, his wrath, by God, his grace, for God, that is, his glory. That's what the door gets you. Or it's destruction. Jesus said this, Sermon on the Mount. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Many go that way. Many. Most. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Are few. Many of them want to argue their way out from accepting the fact that he's the only door. I am the door. Enter through me and you have life. You will be saved. Amen? Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for our, our Lord, your Son, the Christ, the door to your very presence. We thank you. Sanctify us in the truth as your word is truth. For Christ's sake. Amen.